chapter number seven. This morning, we're going to be talking about risk takers, risk takers. It's so important. We get to learn how to, to take risk. A lot of times um, when we're in certain conditions, we do not take risk. But God wants to show us when we do take risk, uh, what would happen. Father, we thank you now. We pray in the name of Jesus that you just allow your word to penetrate into the darkness of all of our hearts. And we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will be glorified. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Now, going into the book of 2 Kings chapter number 7. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 3. Verse number 3, 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings chapter number 7, beginning at verse number 3. Now, verse number 3 says, There were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and, and they said one to another, Why sit we here? until we die the first thing we want to look at is uh, the condition of these four men they were leopards they had a condition and a lot of times when we have a condition we would not venture out and take risks as we ought but when you look at these four lepers we'll understand that when normally we think having leprosy is a physical condition but it goes beyond a physical condition. Let's look at St. Luke chapter number 17. Keep your place in uh, 2 Kings chapter 7. And we're going to look at St. Luke chapter number 17. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 12. Remember now that the lepers, they have a condition, okay? Now, the condition goes beyond the, what we can see, the natural. So in verse number 12 in St. Luke, chapter number 17, verse 12 says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The first thing we want to look at and recognize is that they were standing afar off. Most times when there's a, some type of condition, especially if it's a physical condition, uh, and in those days, lepers, when you had leprosy, you were um, ostracized. You, you were not allowed to, to cohabitate with anyone except your own kind. So what I love about this particular story is the fact that when they saw Jesus, they saw Jesus because they were standing a four, a four place off. They stood a four off. Verse 13 says, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What they recognized was the fact that it was going to take something uh, supernaturally that was going to take care of their condition. They began to call out to Jesus. They asked him for mercy. Uh, understanding that whatever condition that we have is a spiritual overtone that's needed in order for us to come up out of that condition. They cried out to Jesus. Most times, whenever we have a, a, a condition or we're in a dilemma, we will cry out to man rather than crying out to God. Amen? And if we got a financial problem, amen, you know, we, we call up somebody, right? 
but the but the source is Christ Himself. Because what happens now, you know, and even with other situations within our life, then what we do, we will we will uh, um, um, find ourselves so connected to man that we want man to help us. But there are times when only God can do what needs to be done in our life. Amen. It's not so much an external problem as it is an internal problem. And this is what we're trying to establish here in St. Luke chapter number 17. Now, verse number 14 says, And when he saw them, talking about Jesus, y'all watch this. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they what? As they went, they were cleansed. Now look at that. They go to Jesus. He tells them to go see the priest. He didn't tell them to go to the doctor. He told them, go to the priest, which is an indication that the disease or the, the situations that we may have, that it is a spiritual thing rather than a physical thing. And then the next thing I recognize in verse number 14, when Christ tells them to go show themselves unto the priest, it says, and it came to pass as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, if we want to be cleansed, if we want to do anything that will bring us to the place where God would have us to be, it takes an act of obedience. So the moment they obey God, Obey what he said. When they obey what Christ said, Christ told them, go show themselves to the priest. The word of God says, and they went. When, we, when they went, it's the same thing as we do what God tells us to do, which is an act of, of obedience. We will be cleansed. Now, if you had thought he would say, uh, you'll be healed if you go to the priest. But that's not what he said. He said, you will be cleansed. Now, watch what happens now. When, when we're in, in tune with God, and talking about this, this leprosy, and we all have some type of leprosy, some type of condition in our lives, amen? And we try everything that we can externally rather than working internally and finding out how to take care of that problem. See, it was more of a sin problem than it was a sickness problem. Now, sin is sickness too, Okay. But as they went, as they were operating in obedience, whatever situation that we find ourselves in today, if we follow what God says, then we will be cleansed. You know, that we will no longer be a considered an outcast, okay? Now, let's go to verse number 15. Verse 15 says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. Hmm, now there was ten of them. So everybody don't come back to say thank you, right? <laughs> when God blesses them, everybody don't come back to say thank you. I'm learning that there are times when God will, will uh, answer our prayers right away, and then there are sometimes it's, it's just a waiting system. But at that particular time, we need to learn to, to uh, 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 write down in some type of journal, some type of tablet, and write down all the prayers that God has already answered for us. So when that time comes, when, when we're going through, we can always look back and be reminded, okay, he, 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 he answered the prayer this way. And he might, I might have to be waiting right now, but I know God will hear my prayer. Amen. 
So here it is now. Ten got blessed. Ten got blessed at the start. He gave them all same, the same instructions. All ten of them got the same instructions, just like it is today. <laughs> Amen. All of us will receive the same instructions, but only one. We're talking about God's, God's timing or God's number. So I don't want to say one in the mix of us. <laughs> but only one received his cleansing, and he came back and gave God a praise. Amen. In other words, it had everything to do with his faith. When God told him, when Christ spoke to them and told them, go show themselves to the priest, only one of them activated their faith. Faith is the foundation of spiritual truths. See, there's a substance. We're looking for evidence, but we have to have faith. Now, Jesus Christ is our foundation. So it's going to take faith. Whatever your situation is, whatever dilemma we're facing, whatever it may be, it is going to take our faith for it to come, come to pass. And once it comes to pass, we have to make sure that we give God a, a hand clap of praise or we give God a thank you. Amen. When somebody do something for you at that moment, we need to give God some praise. Amen. We need to glorify the Lord. When, when we have a situation and we need God to come through for us and, and God allow or he touches the heart of people because God got resources everywhere, then that's the time we need to be breaking out in our praise. Amen. Because there's even more that comes after that. Watch the scripture. He turns back, verse, verse 15, with a, what kind of voice? A loud voice. And he glorified God. Then it goes right back to verse 16. Watch what happens. In verse 16 he says, And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks as he was a Samaritan. In other words, when he fell at his, at his feet, he went into a place of worship. When God blesses us and set us free and deliver us, we need to go into a place not only of thanksgiving, but we also need to go into a place of worship. Amen. How's everybody's worship here lately? Amen. How's everybody's praise here lately? Amen. How, how, how have we been telling God thank you? Amen. Yeah, even for the smallest of detail. Amen. The smallest of detail. And, and the fact is, when you got up early this morning, when you rose early this morning, you did not get up on your own strength. Amen. So when we got up and everything was moving, everything was mobile, you, know, you were able to speak, you were able to open your eyes, you was able to wave your hand, you was able to get down on your knees. That is if we got down on our knees this morning. Amen. Now, or if we walked through the house, did, did, did we really tell God thank you? Did, did we go into a place of worship? Amen. Because, see, just little things. Because there are some people that are blind that cannot see. There are some people, amen, that cannot even walk this morning, amen. There are some people that didn't even get up this morning, amen, and they made a crossover somewhere, amen. When I say somewhere, there's a heaven and there's a hell, okay. So they made a crossover somewhere. So if we have the, the ability when we raise up early in the morning, we ought to be giving God some praise, amen. Our mind should wake up not on what's on, on Facebook, not on what's on the TV, not all that. The, the fact is our mind ought to be on God, giving him thanks. Amen? Because our condition could have been worse. Amen? It could have been worse. And in fact, there are a whole lot of homeless people out there right now. Amen? And they would love to exchange places with somebody that just might have a little bit. Amen? Amen. So we got to learn to give God thanks. We got to learn to give Him praise. Amen. 
So watch what happens here now. In verse number 17, it says, And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? See, when, when God blesses us, don't, not only does he recognize the praise of his people or the thanksgiving that's coming back to him, but he also sees the mother folk that didn't too. Amen. So we want to make sure we're not part of that nine. But we want to be that one that will go back and give God praise and thanks and glory. Amen. And glorifying him. Amen. So Jesus, he, he sees that. He sees when, when we are thankful and he also sees us when we're unthankful. Amen. Now, we have to look and see. It's just like this past week, and I know I'm talking real fast. This past week, we had so many things happening in our own lives, in our own home this past week. And uh, I think last Thursday, we ended up with a, a, a Thursday before last. Our, we had a water leak. And we have a water leak. My neighbor comes across the street, and he tells me, he's okay. He says, you got a water leak. The meter out there was just a spinning, just a spinning. Why fast as you could go? So the next morning, we couldn't get in touch with anyone. So the next morning, someone came. And as he rethought, prepared, repaired the leak, it was $120. Amen. Amen. So we're thinking, okay, everything's fine now. Everything is fine. Well, my neighbor come across the street again. He said, you got a leak. I said, no, we just had the leak fixed. <laughs> he said, no, you got a leak. I said, well, we just paid $120. And the man said he fixed the leak. Well, we had a leak in the front yard, but we also had a leak in, beneath the house, which he said he went under and he didn't see a leak. So, of course, Dr. Manley said, Brennan, I didn't tell you about them Jack Lake plumbers. You need to get the real thing. So we called someone else. He, he makes the call, and they came, and that was another $177. Amen. Amen. You know how it is when you out water. Normally, you don't drink water. You don't want to go take no bath. You, 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 you at that comfort when you can go whenever you want to. But when everything's turned off, okay, then you, you got to understand, okay, I, I, I don't have anything. You know, you're wanting to, and you can't. Amen. So then as he repaired, and I said, okay, all right, God, thank you for that. Thank you. Paid him. Took care of that matter. Then the next call we got, we got a call from my daughter. My grandson had been in an injury in football practice. And she was at urgent care and said they had to roll him in the wheelchair because he couldn't walk. See, he's 14 years old. And I'm like, oh, my God, how, what more is going to come? But then I remember the scripture says, and all things give him thanks. I'm like, wait a minute, God, I, 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 I don't know now. My grandson might be paralyzed. I, I don't know about giving thanks and all that. Can I be real? Amen. So but when we get over there, and I, you know, Grandma likes to show up. Amen. When we get there at, at the urgent care and, and I embrace him and, and he was in so much pain, and, and, and he couldn't even move his left leg, and, and we were concerned. But when he saw his daddy walk through that door, men play an important part in lives of children. Amen. When it seemed like he, 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 he got a lot more stronger, and he could bear the pain a little bit more. But I knew he was in pain. But then by the time they came out, he was walking when he came out, but he was still in pain. So we give God praise and glory for that. And so I called them up and I, I said to him, I said, did you give God praise and glory that you were not paralyzed when you in, injured yourself and you just got a hamstring? See, sometimes we forget to give God praise and glory for the things that he does within our life that could have been worse. 
And not only that, now grandma has been assigned to pick him up until he can be able to get on the school bus. Amen. He has to have an MRI come Monday because they're not sure whether he has some, a fracture going on or what the condition is. But he's getting better every day. So we're still giving God thanks and praise. Amen. So we're thankful and we're grateful. See, we've got to learn to praise God. Amen. Because God is looking. He's watching. and He's seeing how we're responding. Then verse number 18 in St. Luke, chapter number 17 says, But they are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Now, I wonder was not this person not even saved that came back to say thank you. It seemed like a sinner will say thank you to God, who he does not serve a whole lot quicker than us church folk. Amen. That, that does happen. That, that really does happen. But watch verse number 19. What else happens when we operate in the spirit of obedience? The Bible says in verse 19, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. No longer does he have to go show himself to the priest. That's interesting. Because back in the day when you, had, when you were a leopard and you were cleansed, you had to go show yourself to the priest. So this is an indication that something else going on here in this verse having to do with Jesus Christ. Because now he's saying, you go thy way. You don't go show yourself to the priest. Now, whichever way you want to go, you go. But then he says, thy faith hath made thee. Now he's whole. He's not just cleansed, but now he is whole. So whatever sin issue he had, that's been, uh, that's been taken care of. Whatever physical issue he had, that had been taken care of. All of the acts of obedience and coming back to say thank you and giving God praise and worship and glory. Amen. So that's what we need to understand too now. Uh, uh, whatever your condition may be, we've got to learn to take some risk. Amen. Because, see, it was a risk for him to even, for them to even call out to Jesus Christ. Because, see, they had been ostracized. You know, they were put out of the city. They couldn't come in contact with people. Now, let's go back. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings. Amen. Now, talking about risk takers. We understand now that leprosy is a, the root of it is a sin problem. The outward part of it is a manifestation in, in the external that plays itself out. But really, it's really a sin problem because you're going to show yourself to the priest. That means you're going to Jesus. All right. Now, Second Kings chapter number seven, looking at verse number four. Remember now, these, these four men, they're sitting outside the gate. Okay. Now, it says this. They see their condition. They say, why sit we here until we die? Verse 4 says, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the host of Syria. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. Now, what happens here? The first thing that takes place here is the fact that they recognize they had a dilemma. Once you recognize you have a dilemma, then you can decide to do some things. They recognize that they had a dilemma. They had been put outside the city. They couldn't cohabitate with other people, but they had a situation. They had a problem going on, okay? 
Then the Bible says now, as they talked about their condition, they said, why, do, why are we going to sit here and die? Now, if we go into the city, I mean, there's a famine in the city. See, you're not the only one in the situation you're in. There are other people that's in the same thing. But see, you got what happened here, they had to weigh out their options. Either I'm going to die on the outside the gate, and outside the gate or outside the temple is the outside of Christ. Hey, I hear you, Holy Spirit. We can either die on the outside of Christ, or we can decide to go into the city. Well, the city was starving too because a lot of them in the city, they didn't know Christ either. Or we can fall in the hands of the enemy, okay? So they weighed their options. Now, as a risk taker, okay, as a risk taker, you have to weigh out your options. You got to weigh out your options. You know, you got to weigh out your options, okay? Now, either I'm going to stay outside of the temple, I'm going to stay outside and uh, not be a part of the life of Jesus Christ, or I can go, go into the city, them people are starving too, but I can fall in the hands of the enemy. But just, just by chance, if I make that decision, there might be something on the other side that might benefit me. See, risk takers are not afraid. They weigh out their options. See, a lot of times we don't weigh out options. You know, what we do is we just do it. Amen. And then later we'll say, okay, I wish I hadn't done that. But we have to weigh out our options, risk takers. Now, it says that they, they had to make a decision. Look at verse number five. Now, they made a decision. Risk takers are decision makers. Risk takers are decision makers. They will make a decision after they weigh out their options. They don't continue to procrastinate, but they make a decision after they weigh out their options. Now, they weigh out their options. Now, watch what happens in verse number five. This is it's very interesting. The Bible says, and they rose up in the wind, the twilight. They rose up in the twilight. And then the Bible goes on to say, to go into the camp of the Syrians and when they will come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Key. There's something, something interesting we get to find out. The Bible says, he didn't say they rose up in the morning. He didn't say he rose up in the evening. It says they rose up in the uh, twilight. Timing uh, and risk-taking is very important. You've got to make sure your timing is correct. And you will see in the Bible why. Amen. We got to remember there's an invisible enemy out there. And he is also under control of God. Now, when you look at verse number five, as the Bible says they rose up in twilight. All right. Then it says they go into the camp. And, and, and the choice that they made in the, in the options that they weighed out, they was willing to allow themselves to fall in the hands of the enemy. Sometimes it's better to fall in the hands of the enemy than to fall in the hands of church folk. Because sometimes church folk don't have no mercy. Amen. <laughs> sometimes we don't have any mercy, okay? Now, when they get there, when they get there, the Bible says there was no man there. All this time they've been sitting outside of, of the gate because they have been operating in fear. A lot of people do not come to Christ because they operate in fear. 
they're so used to what they did in the past. And even though it's not working, they are paralyzed by fear because they hear a, they hear a voice, which is Satan's voice, that's speaking. Oh, you, if, you, you, if you get saved, you, you can't do this. You know, you've you got to stop doing this. You know, you, you, he gives us all kind of reasons why not to get saved. He never tells you the benefits that you have the Holy Spirit who, who is with you, who lives on the inside of you. So when you make that crossover, when you make that decision to serve Christ, then you've got a helper. You've got a helper. He is called the Holy Spirit. He's there to help you in every situation. You know, most people don't talk about uh, Holy Spirit that much anymore. But that, that's the helper. He's the God. He's the teacher. Very rarely do you hear people talking about him who is the Holy Spirit. He's been designed to help and take care of us. Amen. So they get there now, and, and, and there is no man there. Now, verse number 6, 2 Kings chapter number 7. Now, let's look at verse number 6. It says, "For the watch this. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a what? A noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians and come upon us. Now, verse 7 says, watch 7. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the wind, twilight. Remember, they rose up in the twilight, the lepers did, to go into the camp. And it's the same time that the enemy flees. Y'all get that? Did you get that? The, 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 the beginning, and when they act in obedience, they rose up in the twilight. Timing is very important when we begin to take risk. Because if we're out of time at any, any moment at anything, we're going to mess up. So the same time that God is uh, uh, speaking to them, they act it out in, in a matter of obedience. They go out, they leave in the twilight time. But the enemy is being hearing from God, and they're running at this exact same time, twilight. So understand something now. Whenever we call on God and God begins to act and we begin to act in obedience, the enemy that's chasing us now that we're so afraid of, he's on the run. He's on the run. We're not on the run. He is on the run at that particular time. The Bible just plain and said, listen, they took off. They heard horses and they heard chariots. What did they hear and what was that sound? That's that invisible host that, that's in the atmosphere that's all around us. See, we've got an invisible host of, of angelic beings that's out there. We've got war angels. We got, we've got uh, uh, angelic beings. We've got those uh, angels that's there that will fight our battle. And the enemy is afraid of those, those beings. Amen. See, we are so afraid of, of the visible that we don't re remind ourselves or even think about the fact that we have some invisible forces that helps us. Amen? Think about when you ever Have you ever been in an accident and, and you, you come out of the accident and your car is like total loss and you know you should have been helped, you should have been hurt some kind of way? Huh, my God. 
you had some angelic beings there that softened that cushion that was in there, in, in that car with you, in that vehicle with you, because a lot of things could have taken place. But, but those angelic beings are there for us at all times. See, in fact, I got one here now. You all got an angel. The Bible talks about we have angels assigned to us. So we have an angel. You all have an angel. See, we got to understand when we go into battle, we don't go into battle by ourselves. But we've got a, a host of angels that fights with us and for us. Because at this time, before they ever got to battle, the battle was already won. See, a lot of times we are fighting, but the battle is already won. Amen. I mean, why fight when you got somebody else fighting for you? Amen. And they are more powerful than we are. Okay. Going back now to, to 2 Kings chapter number 7. The Bible says they, they, they uh, fled in twilight, verse 7. And then it says, and they left their tents and their horses, their asses, even, in the, even the camp as it was. And they fled for their life. See, the enemy was on the run too. He's on the run too. You're not the only one on the run. We're not the only one. The enemy's on the run because he's afraid of God. Amen. He's afraid. Now, verse number 8 says this. Now, the next thing, as, after we recognize as risk takers, you know, when we recognize our dilemma, when we recognize and weigh out our options, when we make our decisions, then we have to be ready for what's on the other side of our obedience. Y'all catch that? What's on the other side of our obedience. Do you not know on the other side of our obedience there's something great for us? But we would never know it if we never uh, 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 walk or act in obedience. Amen? If we stay paralyzed, then we would never know what God has for us. God has so much for us, spiritually, physically, and financially. But when we don't operate in obedience, give you another example. We had a friend here, and we'll get back to the text. We had a friend. He's a millionaire. And uh, uh, we met him through someone else. And as we met him, he began to share with us because we went to his home, you know, and, and uh, a place of business that he operated. And their insurance company, he's number two in the nation. He's number two in the nation. Yeah. So he began to tell us about how he was able to acquire all the things that he had. And as, as we sit down and we listen, of course, you know, they were trying to sell some insurance, okay? That, that was on the side, okay? But you get to hear beyond the insurance, okay? Uh, burial insurance. We heard beyond the burial insurance. He started talking about investing in the stock market, okay? So, okay, I'm listening. I'm like, he's he, he making money. This man's a millionaire. Now, I wouldn't go to someone who's living in poverty and ask them about investing in the stock market because they're not going to be doing that. They can barely eat, Okay? But this man, had, when his mother passed away years ago, instead of him spending that insurance money, he invested it in stock. And when he did, it worked for him. He becomes a millionaire, okay? He pays cash for a mansion, okay? Okay, we hear, amen, yeah. But however, what happened was he tells us, he said, now you need to invest in this stock. And it was Facebook at the time. This has been about three years I guess it's been three years now. Facebook. So he gives us the information, and, and we invest. We got a little bit of money, and we invested in it. So he says to us, he said, now, you watch it grow. Don't touch it. You watch it. Now, sometimes we can get uneasy, right, especially if we're going to lose some money, right? So, so then he says, it's going to reach $300 a share. Oh, Brendan, we couldn't wait $300 a share. 
and that, that didn't happen. So two years later, it, it, from $17 a share, it went up to $77 a share in two years. Amen. Now, some of you all know that we have a, 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 a 2012, 2012 black Cadillac. So at that particular time, when it reached the amount of money that, that we felt like we wanted to get a car and we didn't want to go into debt, we pulled that money out and we paid cash for that 2012 Cadillac. Now, y'all know how much a 2012 Cadillac costs, right? So, so we paid cash for it from the stock that we had invested in. Well, not remembering the man said that eventually it's going to reach $300 a share. So I kept a little bit, but I kept it for my grandson. I pulled enough out to pay cash for the car. Well, now that same Facebook stock is $172 a share. Amen. So that meant I could have had more money if I had waited. But I didn't wait, right? Amen. I didn't wait. But I'm still rejoicing and still thankful because I didn't have car payment. Amen. But I, I, we have to learn to, to operate in the timing. See, the timing has to, to be right. But when we operate in, in obedience, on the other side of obedience, God has some things for us. Now, let's look at 2 Kings uh, chapter number 7 and looking at verse number 8. Okay? Now, it shows exactly how we are when we may get two nickels and a dime. Can I use it that way? Amen. Now, verse 8 says, And when these leopards came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink. You know, they were really starving. So they sit down. They saw the goods, and they sit down. They began to eat and drink. And then what says, And carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it. Wow. And came again, and they entered into another camp, and carried this also, and went and hid it. Now, it's like this. When you, when you show up, and you get all those blessings, and all those blessings come from the other side of obedience. The other side of obedience. They get all these blessings. I mean, they are literally enjoying themselves. They have so much that they take some and they go hide it. They go bury it. Anybody done that? You know, God bless you some money and you don't want nobody to know what you know. I'm like this. It's, it's, it's when those people be pulling them tickets or whatever they be pulling, you know, and they mess around and hit the lottery and whatever that mess is, and some of them, you know, get, get a lot of money. You know, instead of being out there broadcasting that mess, and that's not right what they're doing anyway, instead of being broadcasting, you know, you, they want to spend. They want to spend. Then sometimes, you know, if you got good common sense, you will hide that money and put it aside for a moment. Because, see, greed will set in, and you don't want to help nobody. Amen. Greed will set in. So here it is now, they, 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 on the other side of obedience, talking about these risk takers. They took a risk, so they were obedient. They got blessed on the other side. So what I like to say through the power of the Holy Spirit, that whenever we, we step across the line in the obedience and allow Christ to come into our life, we have no clue what God got in store for us. We have no clue. They had so much that as they sat down and enjoyed themselves, then the next thing they did, they went and hid. So be careful you know, as God blesses that we do not operate in the spirit of greed. Amen. Now watch this, and we're almost done. Watch the next part of it. Watch the next part of talking about risk takers. You know, verse number 9. Verse number 9 says, 
Then they said one to another, we do not well. They recognized what they were, what they were doing was not right. They said, we do not do well. This day is a day of what? Good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Now, it's like this. Now, it comes to a point when God blesses us so much and it's good tidings. Sometimes we don't like to tell nobody. The Bible says they held their peace. Sometimes we will hold our peace when God blesses. And, and sometimes that's good because you will have everybody show up at your doorstep if you, if you broadcast it. Amen. You have to be careful. But when you're running in surplus, when you're running in the fact of over, uh, over in, in obedience or abundance, when there's an overflow, then you are able to share with others. Amen. Because we have to be careful when, when, we're, when we're not uh, uh, sharing and we're in our overflow. That stuff can rot. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it, it can become out of date, you know, everything else. We know some friends, amen, that that's what's happening with them. Overflow. They operate in overflow, but they're not giving out. Amen. So here it is now. They, they said, now, this is a day of good tidings. Now, because people do you wrong, you can't do them wrong. They come to that conclusion. They came to that understanding. They said, we do not do well. They said, this is a day of of, of of, of glad tidings. I mean, we all should be rejoicing. We all should share. We all should have. But then they made a decision. Now, let me tell you this. Whenever God blesses you in abundance, and I know this is coming your way because if you operate in that spirit of obedience, then what's going to happen? You're going to have some jealous folk out there because they don't want to see you do good. Amen. They don't want to see you prospering. Amen. So even though they, uh, they uh, um, mishandle you, you do not mishandle them. Amen. Because it's God's blessing that's raining down. It's nothing to do with you. It's God's blessing. Somebody like, mm, I don't know about that. I, I, you know, they didn't help me. I ain't going to help them. No. That, that means we're still outside the gate. <laughs> we're still outside of the temple. Amen. Because when we're in a place that, oh, I'm not going to help them because they didn't help me, and we're still outside the temple. Because God is a God of, of mercy and grace and love and kindness and generosity. He's a God of prosperity. So that's why we should be able, when we're operating in overflow, remind me now, I said overflow. I didn't say give away your needs now. Now, if you need to have your, your light bill paid or your rent paid, you don't go give your rent money to somebody else and blow theirs. Amen. Amen. And you got to have some common sense now because risk takers got more sense than that. Amen. Risk takers. Okay. Now the Bible says this. They say, now let's go tell somebody. Watch verse 10. Everybody is not going to celebrate your good fortunes because at one point you may have been in a condition, but now God has brought you out of condition, out of the condition. Now verse 10 says, so they came and they called into the port of the city and they told them saying, we came to the camp of Syria, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents as they were. Verse 11. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. Watch this. And the king arose in the night, and he said unto his servant, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Remember now, these are the same folks that's in the city, this famine. 
So the king is speaking, the leader. The leader is, will always, that, that's within your own self or within the, your um, parameters where you live, they will always speak a word of discouragement at your good fortune. Amen. When you go share with somebody how God has blessed and how you want to help and what, you know, what uh, they can do to get the same thing, then they will begin to discourage people. Now, we had that. We told a whole lot of people about the Facebook stock. We told them when it was $17, we even told them what the man said. It's going to mess around and get 300 okay? Only no one within our confines, uh, uh, and most of you are not, uh, not here, uh, present today wasn't here at the time, but they, uh, in that confine, they did not uh, invest. We had another out, in fact, two outsiders that believed what God said and invested. And they became prosperous. God blessed them. See, everybody's not going to hear. Because, see, somebody's going to be saying, oh, I, I, you need to hold on to your money. That's, that, that's another form of gambling. You're going to lose that money. Well, we use money on a whole lot of other things too, right? Let me use your very common thing. Oh, too many of us might be doing this. Probably so. But, you know, that's, that's every person's individual. It, it's, okay, just like this. Let's use this as an example. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to have to say it. Amen. It's, it's like smoking. Amen. Yeah. I don't know what it costs us pack for a pack of cigarettes. Eight, nine, ten dollars. I, I have no clue. Amen. When, when you get through, it's gone, right? It ain't nothing else. It's just like puff, gone. You know, in our minds, it says it relaxes us. Maybe it does. I don't know. I, I don't smoke. So I, I can't say that. I can't say something where I haven't been. Amen. But the fact remains is it's gone. When it's gone, it's just gone. Okay. So, but, but the main thing is, if you can hear something else that will bring you to a place where you need to be, then listen and allow the Lord to work in us and through us. Amen. We all got, no, don't, don't get me wrong. We all got some bad habits. Amen. We all got them. Flesh got bad habits. Amen. Flesh. I don't care what it is. Flesh got bad habits. And it was going, for me, is that I keep telling you, it's that ice cream. Amen. And me and my diabetes. Amen. I mean, having to check my sugar every morning because I've been eating ice cream for the past week. Amen. Every evening, right after the meal. And every time I check my sugar, it's going on up, going on up. So that's my flesh. Because my flesh said, go on, get a night. Now you'll be all right. Drink some water. Go on the computer and begin to look up all these different things that can lower your sugar. Oh, I'm oh crazy me. That's what I'm doing. Go and look it up. Go get you some vinegar. Vinegar, apple cider vinegar will help you lower your blood sugar. Well, crazy Brenda, you still eating ice cream? So, so that's defeating the purpose. Amen. So I, I can use me, right? Amen. Amen. So I'm let you know, it's not just that. We all got some issues. Amen. We all got some issues. Some of them are spending issues. Amen. Some of them like buying clothing. Amen. Some of them like doing them fingernails and all that. I mean, I ain't got that yet. Amen. Somebody have to pray for me because mine's not really pretty. Amen. I just can't see spending thirty dollars on my toenails. I know. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Amen. I can take that thirty dollars and put some food on my table. Amen. But that's me, and that's that's in some other individual. Amen. So, so everybody's not going to celebrate. Let me get back on track. Everybody's not going to celebrate when God blesses you because you're going to have people that will discourage you. Amen. Now, the king is trying to discourage the people. He said they all are hungry. Now, in verse in the latter part of verse twelve, it says, "They know that we be hungry." Therefore, are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, 
Let some take. You know, it's ironic that sometimes the servant got more sense than the one that, that's over them. That's amazing, isn't it? It is because, see, the king was bringing about discouragement. The servant said, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's try this. So you're still talking about weighing out options. 13 says, and one of his servants answered and said, let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel, that they are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of Israelites that are consumed, and let us send and see. See, the, the servant had enough sense to investigate. The, the, the leader didn't want to investigate. He's just trying to discourage, okay? So the servant said, wait a minute, let's investigate this matter. And verse 14 says, and we're almost done, said, they took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, go and see. Now the king wants you to go and see. In other words, I'm not going. You know, most leaders should be out front. Now, he's going to send out the servants because he don't know what's going on. So he sends out his servants, okay? And then he tells him, come back and, and uh, have a message return and tell him. Verse 16 says, and the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. So when they go out, make a long story short, when they go out, they find it just as they told them, the lepers, that that was a day of good tidings, that that was a time of blessings. So we have to remember as risk takers, we want to go back to that, as risk takers, we have to make very sure we recognize the condition that we're in. We have to analyze all of that. Then we have to weigh out our decisions, what we're going to do. Let you weigh out your decisions. Once you weigh out your decisions and your options, then we have to make sure that the timing and whatever we're going to do is correct. Because you want that same timing that's operating for you be the same timing that God will hit the enemy with because you don't want the enemy to show up on your turf because you want all the goods left behind. Amen? And all the goods, anyway, belongs to you anyway because the enemy has taken our goods. Amen? And, and haven't we lost all of us, lost some stuff? You know? We don't see it. The enemy, that, that invisible force, the enemy has taken some things from us. But if our timing is right, if we follow what God says, if we act in obedience, then what happens is on the other side of our obedience, there is a spore. There is blessings that you will not have room enough to receive. But remember, everybody is not going to celebrate your success. Everybody is not going to celebrate your success. I don't care whether it's family, I don't care if it's friends you've known for a long time. You show up with more than two nickels and a dime, and they're still at two nickels and a dime, they are not going to celebrate your success. But you've been a risk taker because you chose to come on the other side of that temple. You chose to walk in the way of the Lord. And whenever we walk in the way of the Lord, God will always, always bless his people with more than enough. Dr. Manley always says this. You, 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 you ha you, you're more blessed than you think. I think you, you, you're better off than what you think. I think that's what he said. You're better off than what you think. 
See, a lot of times we don't think we're better off, but we are. We, we are. We're better off than what we think we are. So just remember now, we'll risk, become a risk taker. Become a risk taker. Go on the other side of that temple and watch what God will do for you.